Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. It's Eric, your ranting co-host here. Uh, I'm going to be hosting today's episode. We're going to be talking about how games three of games three and four of the NBA Finals went. We're going to recap that real quick, and then we're also going to talk about the strategies that both teams need to uh, use going forward to win the championship. So, got a lot to break down here. So hope you guys enjoy the episode. Let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's up, guys? It's Zach here. Happy to be on the episode and happy to be a Warriors assistant coach and get a guaranteed NBA head coaching job in two years. Real pumped about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot <laughs> to mention that earlier. We are all Golden State assistant coaches now for this episode. So just enjoy that, guys. <laughs> And what's up, guys? It's Connor, the co-host with the most. And yeah, like Zach said, I'm excited to be a Warriors assistant coach. In addition to my gig as Giannis's agent, I'm really raking in that money now, uh, you know, kind of working for two different NBA organizations. So, um, you know, really good things are looking up for me. I wish I could, you know, have a way to act, get even more money. Maybe I can get an assistant coaching job with the Celtics, too. You never know. Yeah, man. Uh, Connor, you are going to have to explain to me how you managed to pull that off being Giannis's uh agent and assistant coach at the same time I'm going to need to know your secrets so. <laughs> well I guess Giannis kind of figures like you know different conference so you know it's not really as big of a hamper it's like yeah that's why you know I don't think he'd let me go and be uh, assistant for the Celtics since it's Eastern Conference still but Golden State you know that's ah, Western Conference they only meet twice a year so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, just got to hope you don't meet up in the finals. That could be a problem. But other other than that, <laughs> yeah. you're good, you know. They'll have to know where your true priorities are. <laughs> awesome, guys. Yeah, we love to, you know, kid around sometimes. Uh, obviously, we're not joking about Connor being Giannis's agent. That's serious, but. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, guys. Yeah, so we're going to go around the hoop here. Um, I've got a slide here on YouTube. We're going to talk about the adjustments that. We feel Golden State and Boston might need to make. But before we do that, I'm just going to quickly recap what happened in games three and four. So um, game three was uh, pretty – both of the games were pretty good. Um, Boston had a big lead in game three. Uh, they almost blew it, though. The Warriors had their typical third-quarter run. But And they actually did get the lead back at one point by, like, one or two points. But Boston then – went on a run in a, in the fourth quarter. You could tell that it seemed like Golden State gave everything they had in that third quarter run, and they just weren't able to sustain it. And Boston ended up taking the dub. And it really looked like that Boston was going to run away with the series after that because Steph Curry looked to have a foot injury and a, a pileup where Al Horford landed like on his leg and on his foot and stuff. And, it, we didn't know exactly the severity of the injury. We, it was pretty much looking like he was never in doubt of not playing. But you know, you, you wondered if he was really going to be a hundred percent or how he was going to do. But then in Game Four, um, the Warriors came back. They did. They were losing most of the game. Boston did get a bit of a lead again, like they did in Game Three, not as big and. Boston did do a little bit of a better job in this game of not letting the Warriors just tee off on them in the third quarter like they had been doing. But the problem for Boston was they'd been dominating in the fourth quarter in this series. And this time Golden State dominated in the fourth. And Steph Curry just went off in this game at 43 points. 
Uh, I remember some of my coworkers, like on Prize Picks, they were debating on. They actually took different on Steph Curry's over and under on his point total. I think it was like twenty nine or something like that. And one took over, one took under because they they were debating it pretty hard. But uh, my manager that took the over, he ended up being correct on that one. And so Golden State came back from behind and uh, ended up winning pretty easily towards the end of the fourth quarter. But so nevertheless, we're here. It's two to two. Uh, it's you know what you want to see in the NBA finals uh, if you're a neutral fan like the three of us are. I understand if obviously if you're a Warriors fan or a Celtics fan, you would have rather just your team won in four games and it be over. But uh, for us, ca- well, not casual fans, but for us, like neutral fans where we're not loyal to either team, like this is what we want. We want it to go as long as possible. We want it to be as entertaining as possible. So like I said earlier, we're going to uh, talk about adjustments that we feel like the teams may need to make. So we're going to start with Golden State. Um, I do feel like Golden State has the edge right now. Uh, they came back and won that game. It looked like they were going to lose. So they've won the last game. They've got home court advantage back now. But I've been kind of wondering about some of the decisions that Steve Kerr has been making in terms of cert- when he puts certain players on the court or how many minutes he's giving certain players and things like that. And so that's why... Zach Connor and I are, you know, we're stepping in as the new assistant coaches for the Warriors here, like we were alluding to earlier. And we're going to, you know, come up with the best possible game plan for the Warriors in terms of their rotations, how many minutes players are getting and stuff like that. So what I wanted to ask you guys and talk about here. So first of all, uh, Draymond Green has not been very good in this series so far. I think I saw the stat earlier. I don't remember exactly, but I want to say he actually has more fouls in this series than he has points. So that's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I that can, I, I, I can look that up for you, actually. Real yeah, quick I can look that up for me real quick. Uh, Connor, that would be cool. I'm pretty, I, if it's not, it's really close. And then, so he actually did, Steve Kerr did take him out for parts of the fourth quarter, which he normally wouldn't do. Um, so I I definitely understood that. And then also okay. I've got Kevon Looney on the screen. Yeah, go ahead, Connor. So he's got 17 points and 18 fouls. Yeah, so he does have more fouls than points. I mean, that's just pretty unbelievable, especially for a starter. Like, it's not like he's just some guy that, comes off the bench or something like he plays like 40 minutes a game that's pretty terrible but anyway um also we got Kevon Looney on the screen here and I've just noticed the difference that he tends to make for the Warriors when he's in there like it's not so much his scoring or anything like that but he has a presence on the interior defense and he prevents Boston from getting offensive rebounds and second chances he's a rebounding machine so I've been kind of wondering if he should get more minutes. So I've been talking a lot here, but so Zach and Connor, uh, let's kind of discuss. I guess let's start with Draymond. Do we do we play him less minutes? Do we um, do we keep him in his normal? Like obviously we're not saying like he comes off the bench or anything, but do we still give him his like usual forty minutes? Do we play him less? What do we? What would you do here, Zach? What are we thinking here? So I think he's got to be looked at much more now as a situational player. So times where certain players, I'm trying to think of 
a good example of a player on the Celtics that you really want him to lock up on defense. Um, I mean, I know he switches a lot. So whenever you have guys on the court that you can switch around with, he's a good player to have because he can, he can guard the one to the five. <laughs> I mean, he can guard anybody. What are you talking about? Like specific players? I know, he can no, guard as, as much as we <laughs> joke about that, like as much as we joke about that, he is pretty good at that. Like that is his strength um, as a basketball player. So I think, times where maybe if Boston goes on a big run, let's say Boston goes on like an 8-0 scoring run, he's on the bench, Kerr's going to call a timeout, put him back in the lineup. But on the flip side, his offensive, I mean, other than some of his passing, like he is not a threat to score at all. And I think Looney's actually even, Looney's a better threat offensively right now than he is. Um, He can have a lot of turnovers, I've noticed Looney can, but um, I would much – I don't know what their minutes difference is, but I would definitely bring – I would definitely put more for Looney, less for Draymond. Draymond will still end up getting more than Looney because uh, Looney, Looney just can't do it for a whole game. Like, the man gets gassed running up the court. <laughs> yeah, he, he, that, that is his problem. Um, um, I think usually – just to, like, give you a number here. Like, yeah. So usually Draymond plays about 35 to 40 minutes a game. Looney, for the most part in this series, has been playing like 18 to 23 minutes a game. He did play 28 minutes last game, but usually he's been playing. He's probably averaging like 18 to 20 minutes a game right now. I think I think the game three w- was a perfect balance for them, and it, and it worked out with them winning. So I'll go with the game three minutes. Well, the, the, go, the go to say one game. Go to say one game four. Is that what you're talking about? I'm sorry, game. Sorry, game four. Yeah, I, I, it's okay. I, Early, earlier, like yesterday, when Zach and I were talking about the series, I was like, "Yeah, I want to talk about how game five went." Zach was like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Yeah, game five. Zach's like, "No, game five hasn't happened yet." I was like, "Oh, duh. I mean, game four. Yeah, <laughs> so, so it, it happens. It happens. So, um, so Connor, like, what about you? Do you do you agree with this? Like, do you, what do you like Zach's strategy here, or would are you thinking a little differently? What what's your thoughts here? We got to get your input as well. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that he you can't just not have him out there because, you know, he is a really good defender and the Celtics have a lot of scoring threats up and down their starting lineup. And I definitely like kind of Zach. So I think it definitely depends on the situation. I do think I do like what they did in game four a lot more, which was they more heavily. Cause of course, like Steph and clay and Wiggins are going to get, you know, all the starting minutes and everything. But instead of having, like Draymond and Otto Porter out there. They had a lot more of Draymond and Looney out there together. And I think it's good because like, you know, Draymond, he's a good rebounder, but you know, he's a bit short. (laughs) So especially if the Celtics have like both Horford and Williams out there, it's going to be tough for the Warriors to have rebounds. If they don't have another big man like Looney out there, if they have like Otto Porter out there with green, then they're just going to get killed on the board. So um, it's definitely important to have both of them in there together in my mind um, as much as you can. Cause Draymond, I mean, he's kind of in a way reminding me of Ben Simmons from the Sixers Hawks series last year, where Zach was saying, he's just like no threat at all to score on the offensive end. And, you know, yeah, he can pass and yeah, he can play defense, but you got to have at least a little bit of scoring threat. Cause there were times in game four when I was watching where like, you know, 
you know, it worked out in this game four that he would be in a spot where he could have driven in and gotten a layup or something. But instead, he kicked it out to Steph, which in game four was the right move because Steph was hot and Steph was scoring a lot. But, you know, if Steph's not scoring or he's gone th- going through a cold stretch, then you need to, you know, have the initiative to go in and try for the bucket. And it doesn't seem like he has that. It's like he's almost afraid to put the ball up. So, um I definitely think less minutes could be a good thing for him and getting some more minutes for, uh, like I said, I agree with Zach about the whole situational thing. Like if Boston goes on a big run and Draymond's on the branch, you really need to bring him in because, you know, of, of how good of a defender he is. But if you're in a situation where you really need points, then I think Draymond belongs on the bench at that point. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And also with the situational thing, if I also, what I think they need to do is when, when Robert Williams is in the game, Kevon Looney needs to be in the game. I mean, in the, for, for some sure. reason, Steve Kerr decided to start Otto Porter instead of Looney in the last game. And literally, like, three minutes into the game, I think Robert Williams had two offensive rebounds that led to opportunities for Boston to get second-chance points that pretty sure wouldn't have happened if Looney hadn't been in there. Like, when when Looney's not out there and Robert Williams is out there, Robert Williams can get any rebound he wants. And I so I, if I'm Steve Kerr, well, I mean we are the assistant coaches here. We're we're coming up with the game plan. So if Robert <laughs> Williams is in the game, Kavon Looney is in the game. Like Otto Porter doesn't provide enough of an offensive spark. Now, like the guy said, if maybe if the Warriors are down ten or something, and it's getting into crunch time. I would probably bring an auto porter for Draymond just because we need scoring. We need to get points, but, um, yeah, and you can't, and you can't really sacrifice. Like ideally you'd want to bring in Jordan pool, but like you still can't sacrifice the size, uh, in the game as well. Like you can't go too small. So, um, I would agree with that, that you'd have to bring in Porter as much as I would want to bring in pool instead. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they, they've had times where they've run a lineup with, uh, you know, they could maybe do like Curry, Clay, Poole, and then um, Wiggins that, and Looney as a possibility. But uh, that's if they if you really need points like you, then you have your maximum scoring and rebounding out there. But um, yeah, so basically, I guess the other problem with Draymond, though, is just that, you know, there's not too many other options they have on the bench, you know. Golden State's more of a backcourt heavy team versus front court, so it's not like they've got like a great player sitting back there that they could bring in instead of him. But I do think they need to consider playing him a little bit less minutes just because he is such a liability on offense. I mean, watching this guy jack up a three point attempt is just awful. <laughs> I know he sometimes makes them, but man, I, I, I <laughs> you ever notice how he shoots his threes? It's like he has to, he kind of like hunkers down and then has to like really jump up into it. He has to like, yeah. he has to throw like every ounce of effort he has just to get the ball to the basket on a three pointer. I don't, it's for as strong as he is. I don't get why he has to go through that. Like, <laughs> I feel like I would use less effort, and I'm half his size. But anyway, any yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it, one, it's funny too because like you know, you know, when he does that, the other team is just going to completely back off. They're just going to be like, oh yeah, like this is what we want. Like yeah, you just know. let him shoot it, and then they surround the hoop so they get the rebound when he misses. Like 
Yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's like when Russ starts jacking up threes, too. Like, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's what we want. Like, go ahead. Take that yeah, honestly, this is even worse, because at least... Well, I know, it, I know it's worse, <laughs> but, like, you know... At least Russ makes them, like, a third of the time, maybe, like... <laughs> um, maybe but 25%, but it, Draymond's, anyway. Draymond's, like, Draymond's, like, 10%. <laughs> yeah, he's terrible I, any, with that. Anyway, uh, yeah, any final thoughts on the Warriors, guys, before we... Any final adjustments before we move on to the Boston side? Yeah, I got two. Um, okay, they're they're quick. They're, they're not yeah, you're good. You're good. Um, one, it it doesn't happen much, but and I don't know how much has happened, but Wiggins is by far the best scorer. He has to be on the court whenever Steph's getting the break. Um, I, okay. I think that's because offensively they're so bad without Steph. I mean, he got 40 points last game. But and then second, the uh, Elitsa needs to buy Felicia because this guy that might make a sound bite right there. Yeah. But top top ten clutch crew sports moments by the end of the year right there. That's that might be a Lisa needs to buy Felicia. Well yeah we, <laughs> well, I mean we uh we forgot to mention that uh a couple about a week ago was our three year anniversary. So Oh, um, yeah. Well, say, yeah, does this moment go in for the next year? Or I guess so, because we've, we've already had three years. So we've already got a contender. But anyway, so does that continue about uh, by Felicia here? I mean, like, I think you guys, it's just, I, I get it. You know, you want to try it out. But, guy, he is so bad defensively and and offensively. I mean, people are just abusing him. And, uh I would much rather see those minutes go to a guy like Gary Payton, uh, who's actually uh, played some good defense and and uh, facilitating the offense. So those are my two quick things. Uh, I or mean, even just would, or even just like you could get some like a few minutes. I know he hasn't really played at all during the playoffs, but like you can get some minutes to Kaminga, like your young player there. You know, just yeah, get, yeah. Him, get, get, get him involved a little bit. Hey, I, I don't know how well he's going to play, but I mean, you're, I mean, I mean, you can't, you can't do these cute little things like put B elites in the start of the third quarter. Like just, Oh no. Just yeah. That, that was, I do remember when that happened. Uh, that, that was definitely, that was definitely a mistake. Uh, I mean, I will say I have found it interesting, like that they haven't had Kamiga come out. Cause for the most part, like, you know, I don't know if this was just like in certain situations he came out when, the other team had given up. I don't think so. But in the minutes that he's played, he's played pretty well, at least offensively. Like, I, I can't speak to his defensively. But, like, in the previous series, like, you know, he pretty much every game is shooting above 40%. So I find it interesting that they haven't used him whatsoever. I mean, like, maybe they don't like the matchup against Boston. But, um, you know, it's, it's just a thought. <laughs> yeah, I guess in their mind, they're, you know, they're rolling with, like, you know, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Looney, like at the, you know, for the starting five. And then off the bench, they're playing uh, Poole, Peyton, Porter. Um, and and the Bial- Bialita Bial- is the, Bial- Bial- the other one getting first by Felicia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they may think they've already got too many more, like, you know, backcourt type of guys, you know. Like well, Kaminga's a frontcourt guy. He's a power forward. Yeah. That's why I'm saying, like, I don't know why they don't give him, like, give him the minutes he, that Bielita's getting. Yeah, like. he definitely can't do worse than Bielita. I mean, that that's for sure. Like, 
you know, get your young guys some experience. So, um, but I guess they feel like they have enough. Their rotation is deep enough, I guess. But like, I wouldn't be opposed to that, like giving him a few minutes, like, especially if, you know, some of your guys are maybe getting a little tired or something and you just need to give them a quick breather, like, you know, just throw him in for a few minutes, like, but but yeah, so I like these deci- I like these decisions. I like the the more situational awareness and you know talking about Steve Kerr like needing to be more aware of the situations and um, another complaint I saw from some Warriors fans on Twitter was just that apparently like they think he's doing a bad job of keeping it or like taking out players when they're getting hot like not letting it, instead of he's just sticking strictly by like a minute rotation like okay you've had your seven minutes that you were supposed to be in the game. So you're out now, even if they'd made like three shots in a row or something like, so I, I, if, you know, if that's another thing, I think that they might need to work on as well. So, but if the Warriors can do these things, they win, but now we're going to talk about the Celtics and the adjustments that they need to make in order to win. You know, cause like I said, the series is still two, two. And even though the Warriors have home court advantage, it's definitely not over. Both teams have won at home and on the road. So, yeah, this is still a series that can go either way. But one thing we did talk about in the last episode was the turnovers. Uh, the Celtics have been having a terrible time, and it's given the Warriors easy buckets. And when you're playing a team as hot as the Warriors can get with shooting, the last thing you want to do is give them easy points. So you know, we addressed this issue in the previous episode, but um, Zach, just walk us through this here, like, you know, if you're the if you're the Boston coaching staff and you're you're meeting with the players, like what are you working on? What are you telling them? Do you feel like there's any way Boston can turn this around with the turnover issue? Or do you think that they're it's might be too little too late that they are not going to have enough time to fix this? Um, what are you doing if you're Boston here with this problem? Well, I thought they did better in game three being at home uh, from what I remember when I watched, at least when they got that big lead, uh, they were doing pretty good with it. I do think it's probably too little too late. It's a combination of them having turnover problems all postseason and the Warriors being a good defensive team. But it's something I've noticed with Boston is they almost try and do too much, you know, like passing to a fault and taking and not taking a shot that they could. Um, and Tatum has had some ridiculously tough shots that he's had to try. And he he's good. He's a superstar, so he'll make some of those. But I think it's just they try a little bit too much with an extra pass. Maybe like a, they try a cross-court pass here or there. They try um, – just to, they just give up a shot and try and make a, do something risky, uh, maybe push the ball in and aren't aware of someone like a Looney or Green, they end up blocking a shot. So I think it's just, honestly, it's too little too late. I know they, they were really bad with this earlier in the year, but I mean, when you've got three games left in the season, it's hard to fundamentally change your team. It's just a thing. I think that has to be the number one emphasis for them coaching wise. Like this has to be more so than even the three point percentage. Like this has to be the one thing that they have to be stressing the most. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I think one thing that can help them too is if they can do like what they did in the first game where, and it, you know, 
they were creating turnovers off of Golden State. And when you can do that and create yourself some easy points, like that can also limit the turnovers because when you're when you get a steal and then you're just going on a fast break, easy layup, you're obviously not going to turn the ball over. So if they can do stuff like that and get a lot of fast break points, I think that can help them. Because I've noticed that it seems like most of their turnovers are committing in the half court. Um, you know, like you said, sometimes they're trying to do too many extra passes or getting too aggressive, driving into a double team and not and not kicking the ball out and getting stripped and stuff like that. And um, it's definitely a problem. And it, but I do agree with you. I think it's probably going to be too little, too late to fix this, just with it being so late now, where there's only two or three games left. But if they are able to get, turn that around, that's definitely going to be something that can help them. And then on the other side, another problem offensively is the Celtics just have seem to have too many times where they're relying on the three ball and the jump shot too much. Um, I saw this stat where it was like the final six or seven minutes of the game. They didn't take a single shot in the paint. And, you know, that, that that's a problem when your offense is too predictable like that. So, uh, so Connor, talk to us about, you know, this three point shooting issue, like, are you okay with Boston doing the live by the three, die by the three, or are you working on adjusting this to limit that? Like what's your, what's your strategy here? If you're Boston? No, I would definitely be trying to adjust this strategy. I mean, you know, Boston in my mind really isn't a team that should be playing like that. Like the, the warriors would be a team I would trust with that way more, you know, since they have like Steph and clay and, you know, um, they're two of the best three-point shooters in the league. Like, I'd be more okay with that if it was Golden State. But with Boston, like, they have to be able to get into the paint and create chances through the paint because that's that's where you can get easy buckets and easy points. And, you know, Tatum's been really good from three in the series. Um, and, you know, Jalen Brown's a good three-point shooter. But, like, you know, I know we've talked about this before on the podcast. Like, it's not that's not Marcus Smart's game to be a three-point shooter. Like, he can knock him down sure i mean he was three of nine last game but it's not really his game to be a three-point shooter it's not what his style of play you know al horford can be really streaky when it comes to that sort of thing um you know and grant williams like you know he has to be in the game i don't know it's not something that i've seen it happen way too often especially in college basketball where like, you know, these teams that try and run that sort of offense, the Rockets are actually probably a good example of that too, that like, it just doesn't end up working in the end when you're playing a good enough team like Golden State. And if you can't get into the paint and just create easy buckets for yourself, then, you know, by the time you get into the fourth quarter, it's just like, like you said, your offense becomes really predictable and Golden State will just guard the perimeter and they're not going to worry about you going in there, especially if you're down, um, you know, in the points, then, it's like you already have a set defense built for this. It's not like, you know, you're going to need some miracles to happen here. So, and I think part of it too, is just like, they just need to get better in shooting from the paint because it's possible that the reason why they're not taking as many is because they haven't been doing well. I mean, Tatum, I saw a stat for him that, you know, like I said, he's been good from three, but his two point percentage in the series so far is 27 and a half percent, which for a superstar of his caliber is terrible. Like, you know, that's, for some players, that's like a somewhat okay three point percentage, but like a two point percentage of twenty seven and a half, that needs to change really quickly. So, um, 
they definitely need to be working on that. Like I said, I still think the turnovers in my mind from what you were talking about is the number one priority, but this definitely has to be a second priority that, you know, stop trying to jack up threes, take more time with your possessions. Cause that's the other problem that you get into when you're a, a three heavy offense, your offensive possessions become really short and you're only taking like eight to nine seconds off the shot clock rather than, you know, actually taking the full 24 and trying to get something better than just jacking up a three. So um, definitely an uh, adjustment that needs to happen for the Celtics if they want to win this series. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that 100% as well. Um, all right, guys. So we have talked about both teams, like what adjustments they need to make, what they need to do. We're now going to transition into our series predictions. We all gave you know, series predictions when the series started. Uh, this is an opportunity if you feel like this series may go differently to make a change, uh, or you can keep the same. I said Warriors in six when the series started. I would have definitely been tempted to change that after if we were recording this after game three. But after the way the Warriors came back in game four, won that game, and then you know, have the home court advantage now, and it seems like their problems aren't as serious as Boston's, like we've been kind of talking about here. So I am sticking with uh, Warriors and six. Uh, Zach, what about you? All right. So my prediction at the start was Warriors and seven. I'm going to stick with it. I think Clay is going to end up having some big games at the end of the series. And honestly, one of my biggest concerns was that Steph would be pedestrian, you know, like a, 20 25 point score he's performed even better than i thought he would in these moments so with steph having this huge confidence right now um and i think clay's due for a, a exploding game so i'm gonna say celtic or uh, warriors in seven all right and connor how about you yeah so i was the same as eric with the uh, warriors and six and i'm also gonna stick to my guns and stick with warriors and six i mean like Eric said, I think the Celtics problems are a lot bigger than the Warriors problems. You know, it's almost like if I'm discussing whether I'm giving less or more minutes to someone that seems very pedestrian compared to, man, we're turning the ball over a lot and we're not getting, you know, shots in the paint. Exactly. At all. Like, that seems a lot worse than just talking about adjusting minutes. So um, I'm going to stick with Warriors in six, especially after that game four, showing that Steph is, you know, is still fine. Like I'm sure he's probably hurt in some form, but didn't seem like it affected him at all. So um, I'm going to stick with warriors and six. Yeah. I think Steph Curry might've listened to our podcast and all the times that I've called him out for not winning finals MVP, because if, uh, if the warriors do win this series, he's definitely getting it this time. So yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> he is, he has been playing like pretty lights out uh, pretty much this whole time. So um, all right, guys, well, that's going to, wrap up the uh, around the hoop just real quick though before we wrap up the episode uh connor dropped a uh nhl episode uh this will be yesterday so if you want to know what's going to happen in the stanley cup finals you're definitely going to want to check that out but uh i got a quick question for each of y'all before we leave so uh connor i'll start with you so you predicted in this uh in the conference finals and the rangers lightning series that the rangers were going to win the first two games 
and Tampa was going to win the last four games in a row to take the series in six. I I don't know about Zach, but me personally, uh, I thought that was a pretty ballsy, crazy prediction. But it ended up happening exactly like that. So Connor, after you know being <laughs> a genius there and getting that series exactly right, game for game, how are you feeling after that? I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about. It. I know there was a lot of Ranger fans that were, uh, you know. New York fans tend to be the most loudmouthed of them all, right up there with Boston and Philly fans. And, you know, there were a lot of Rangers fans on Twitter and on Facebook that were saying sweep, sweep, sweep after those first two games. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't be so quick to go that route. Cause I mean, you know, it, I mean, even like I said, I do feel pretty good. Played out, not only the games played out exactly how I thought, but just like the way that Tampa played played out exactly how I thought. Like I said, they would be rusty at the start and they looked really rusty in game one. And then they started to shake a little bit of that off. And then, you know, lo and behold, they found it in game three and won all the way out. So I feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously those Rangers problem was, was they didn't listen to your conference finals preview or they would have known not to be calling for the sweep after the first two games. So that's well, their fault. They, <laughs> they should have tuned in. Even worse, what's even worse, I saw Rangers fans on Twitter saying after they lost game three, they were like, all right, that's fine. Gentleman sweep it is, you know, like even after oh, that game yeah. three, they were saying gentleman sweep, like. Crazy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like when when you're going up against the two time defending Stanley Cup champions, that's I wouldn't be celebrating a sweep until unless it actually happened. I, I don't care if I'm up three zero. I'm not calling for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but so transitioning to Tampa. So Zach, you are the Tampa Bay Lightning fan on the podcast. So your team is now in the finals for the third year in a row, looking to make it a three peat. So how excited are you for this? And do you think Tampa gets the job done here? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, it's like the norm now for them just to keep winning. It's going to feel weird when whenever they actually do lose a playoff series. Hopefully it's not this one. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be, it's gonna be uh, uh, fun to watch. I, I do think they have the edge. I think Vasilevsky's the biggest, you know, the biggest factor in it. I think he's going to end up shutting, shutting Colorado down. And honestly, I was more worried about the Rangers after those first few games. And, uh, than I was about Colorado, if they were going to meet up with each other. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. So at, at the time of recording this, like the Connors episode had, you know, just dropped. So I haven't gotten to listen to it yet. So I, obviously I'll, if you want to see Connors prediction, go and check out that video. But Zach is the Lightning fan. What's your series prediction here for Tampa? I'll say uh, Tampa and six. Tampa and six. Okay. And then see, I still got to go back and listen to the video myself to see what Connor said. But I don't want to spoil his here since if you haven't listened, yeah, you, to know, it, you, gotta, you, no you gotta go check here. it out. You gotta go watch that. <laughs> also, I, since I haven't seen it yet, were there any uh, special visitors at the end? Or oh, no, any not, no any not, this, not this time. Uh, uh, I've been loving that, none, none of them were within arm's reach for me to grab at the end. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been loving Connor's uh, guest appearances at the end as well. So you got to check that out also. So awesome, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. You know, said so check out Connor's hockey video. Hopefully you enjoyed this one. Um, and we don't. It's not 100% confirmed yet, but there is a possibility that for game six of the finals that I will be doing another prize picks and I will be joined by special guest 
Zachary Conger. <laughs> so, <laughs> Who's he? Uh, yeah, some some Zachary guy. Some yeah, loser. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good time, and we've got a lot of future plans that we're working on. We'll let y'all know of that when it gets closer to time. So, um, but that's gonna do it for the episode, Zach. I'll let you give the outro. Yep. Thanks to everybody for listening and watching, and remember, be clutch. Bye. Peace.